Peace. Peace. Salute. We are back on the world's best podcast, Third Eye High. Right? This is the Third Eye High podcast. I'm your host, JF Bay, and this is a higher consciousness of applied culture. You know how we deal with this facts over feelings. We just say to shine my light your way, help you find your light switch, and keep your light moving. So, we got a very uh, powerful subject matter to cover this evening, right? And uh, got some bad news when everybody woke up this morning, uh, November 1st, right? And that's significant, right? Because we are in. November, which is the 11th month, right? So that triple one, right? And they say, well, so-called death comes in threes, but we're talking about these three pillars, right? These three pillars that, that or portals that are opening up. And it's ironic that it's a day after Halloween, right? And if anybody know anything about Halloween, Hallow's Eve, right? Halloween deals with the dead, right? Deals with the lower vibrational beings, right? We're not going to say, you know, zombies or, you know, the devil. No, we're just going to say low vibrational beings, right? And what's significant about this uh, time, we're in Mercury, uh, excuse me, we're in Mars retrograde, right? And the Mars retrograde is in the sign of Scorpion. And the Scorpion is dealing with the dead, the shadow, the, the underworld, the darkness, right? So, what you're going to see is a lot of lower vibrational energy come out of people in this time, right? There was a few stabbings. There was a few shootings at Halloween parties. Like, this stuff hasn't happened, like, years ago, right? You know, people get stabbed up at a, Hall- at a Halloween party. Like, what kind of static, you know what I'm saying? You got on your costume, like, you know how you was in school. Can you imagine that? You in school and you get into a fist fight in your costume, like, nah, you trying to be on your one too, right? You dressed up as your favorite character or whatever, you know, it's a time of, but most people are giving their energy to something of the lower world, right? So we're going to go into uh, some powerful, you know, insight on how all of this stuff got started, you know, dealing with giving your energy, right? Because celebrities light, right? They say celebrities are stars, right? And they have they have a light. And if their light is bright, it's because they're emitting energy, right? And to keep their light bright, they have to keep emitting energy. So people worship the stars, right? And we give our energy to these celebrities and these uh, these, these, these characters, right? And, and these mythos. And these characters, they live out, you know, their legend. And I want to bring it around to the particular subject with uh, hip-hop, right? And, you know, anybody that's, you know, 40 or 50, you know, plus, you know, 50 under, you were raised off of hip-hop, you know? And you've seen the different uh, eras that hip-hop has went through. You've seen the, the change and the metamorphosis has, you know, it's made until to now. And... I want to pose the, the, the statement Hip-hop is being hunted Hip-hop is being hunted So you look at maybe 20 years ago You could count on your hands You know, when a 
an artist dies, you know, out of the hip hop culture, right? You know, some died health related issues. And then we get later to the Biggie and Pac situation where there was, you know, violence, you know, and the music, you know, was intertwined with the violence. And we see that spill into, you know, from this, this records to, you know, bullets flying. And then when we sped up and we got into the 2000s, you started to see uh, rap beef and, you know, different crews and other people and, you know, shootings at radio stations and all this. And the music started to take a turn, you know, and now we're looking at, you know, the current state of the music, which they call, you know, drill rap or kill rap, if you want to say, because it's separate from what gangster rap is, right? Because Gangster rap, you know, it, it promoted the violence. It was an earlier stage, right? So we'll say gangster rap gave birth to the drill rap, right? Because, you know, it's like your father, you know, in gangster rap, and then it's the son with the drill rap. But what you have is uh, the gangster rap was kind of giving you a window, you know, to a world of what was taking place outside in our neighborhoods, right? And then it later became where art imitates life to where people wanted clout or street cred, to where I'm gonna say something about you on the record. And if we get into something and it's a shootout, and if I happen to shoot you, I'm gonna talk about it on the record. So it's like these kids uh, are totally in the dark of the era of, you know, no snitching or this and that, right? You know, they used to say no snitching. And kids are now snitching on themselves on the record. You know, they're committing crimes and, you know, promoting gang activity like back in the day when you had gangs you know it was different because you didn't have a lot of street cameras you didn't have you know a lot of the social media stuff where everything is filmed everything's recorded so when you do a crime they catching you in the same week you know why do you think first 48 is one of the most popular shows because <laughs> they have so many uh seasons because it's you know so many people you know killing each other a lot of this stuff is senseless, but it's fueled behind ego. It's fueled behind uh, a lot of people in the inner cities that didn't have an identity, right? Nobody knows you. And then you become this big star, and now you have the identity, but then you still want this you know, tough image to go with the identity because you got people listening to the music on one side of it as entertainment, and then the other side, you got people like, I want to see if you really like that. I'm going to try it at a show. In fact, I'm going to try to rob him. I'm going to take his chain. Now, you heard about rappers getting robbed in the past, and, you know, that stuff was part of the game. And then, you, you know, they changed up the way they moved, get security, you know, all kind of stuff. And then it became to the point where rappers would get robbed and they would get killed. What's the point of taking, you know, what you came to get from the person and then you killed them? So you see where this thing is escalating. And it goes back to what Kanye was talking about, right? goes back to what Ye was talking about and it's a reason Ye came out the way he came out because we're dealing with this Mars retrograde. Planet Mars is inspired or ran by the planet of war, right? The planet of action. So you're going to see a lot of people at war and they're, you know, they're going after things but you, you, you see that it's the lower vibrational energy that, that was hidden in a lot of people and it's causing them to act erratic 
you're on edge, everyone's triggered. So watch yourself and it's time, you know, don't get into nothing with, you know, people that can have you triggered because that trigger will go off, you know, figuratively and literally, right? These triggers went off and as you see, first day of November, there was a shooting, right? And we're gonna get into that. And why I say, you know, hip hop is being hunted because to go back what to what the Ye said, when they're calling us anti-Semitic for pointing out a particular group that seems to monopolize on uh, a particular way of treating a race of people. And it benefits one side that imposes all of these uh, restrictions or laws or societal norms. And the other side goes through the trauma. And then we, when we try to voice our opinions or speak to the trauma, they're calling us now anti-Semitic. So it's like the reverse race card, right? You know, when they say, is somebody racist? Isn't that funny? You have a, a race of people that created the institution of racism, right? And when you try to point out racism, they'll say, hey, I'm not racist. I don't know any racist. Could you explain it to me? Well, you have a group of people that are oppressing another group of people and when you try to voice your oppression, they now call you racist via the new term anti-Semitic. So if I am Semitic or the original people, right, the original Jew that the Bible speaks of, which it, it, it clearly states, Revelation 3.9, it speaks of two types of people that will call themselves Jew. Now, if you look at the characteristics, because we're talking about an energy here. Now, you could be of the bloodline of the Most High, but if you're not walking in the path of the Most High's life, as he shared in, in, in the stories of these books, then you are being false gods. And we're all gods within ourselves. John 10, 34, year of gods. If you call this gods, unto whom the word God came, and the scriptures cannot be broken. You believe me when I say I am the son of God, you say I'm blasphemous when I say that you're God. This is the scripture, right? So we're going to get to that because you have people that say they're God's chosen people. But when you show them what the scripture says, they're not fulfilling prophecy. But that time's coming because the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And this period we're in is very significant because we're talking about this shadow world. We're talking about this underworld. We're talking about this lower level beings, right? We're ruled by spiritual wickedness in high places. See, those from the lower realm are sitting up on high, right? They are ruling this world. But the creator said we're in this world and not of it, right? So understand that you're higher than this physical existence, but you're here to do something for the soul. Now, a lot of artists, you know, they'll live out their mythos and, you know, being entertainers, but your end game is not here to entertain. We're all here to uplift fallen humanity. We're here to inspire another soul to rise up and get back to the God self. So to get into this thing, hip hop is being hunted. You have a, a situation where they sign these artists, they get them to promote a message that what I like to call deaf culture, where the music will have a particular energy that chases that will chase the artist around to where at some point you're gonna you're gonna be confronted by someone 
that's going to want to challenge that energy that you put out in that music. Word, you got your gun on you all the time? Let me find out. Word, you got you got millions and millions of dollars? Let me rob them. Word, you're getting all the women? That hurts my ego. Let me get some clout off of them, right? So you have people that are now in the social media space where we're all on a level playing field, right? You can hop right into an artist's DM, you know what I'm saying? So it's like they don't have that mystique or that allure when we were in the days of just a printed magazine and publications. Now, you know, you can go on a live with your artist and say what you want to say. And, you know, so they're now more accessible to their public. Now, a lot of the artists back in the day, they weren't so much feared by the public because the fans understood to a certain degree that it was entertainment. And even though, you know, I don't want to get into, you know, we got to have a self-destruction type of uh, music out, but I'm saying in hip-hop's inception, there was always a variety, right? You had always different kinds of music. Since when did it turn into where we got just one style of music? All the artists are talking about killing each other. They're talking about their ops and all the problems they got. And the women are just, you know, they selling pussy. You know what I'm saying? It's just look at my pussy. Look, look here. I don't want to fuck you. Give me the money to fuck. You know, everything is like more like prostitution and murder and, and drugs. And back in the day, you know, the artist was down in the drug dealer. And then the artist became the drug dealer. And then the artist became the user of the drugs, right? It's like we're in a weird time, right? All these kids are on pills and, pop, you know, popping pills and drinking lean and all kind of stuff. These are opioids, you know, which are downers. So you have these kids that are dealing with a lot of depression. You know what's crazy? When hip-hop started, it was a way for us to express ourselves and have fun. It was actually an outlet from the depressive states that many of us were in in the inner cities and you know a lot of abandoned burnt out buildings all around us and the crack era and all this stuff was was brewing up and now it became you're depressed in the music the music was supposed to you know I, I play some music I feel good it gets rid of depression music isn't supposed to put you in a depressive state but if you listen to the music all of these young kids are getting money but they're all depressed. They're all fucked up. They're all, you know, they all got all these enemies and they got to keep a gun on them and all this stuff. Like, how is that having fun? So if the artist got to keep a gun on them because he's putting out music that promotes that someone might confront you with a gun because you're on that kind of time, then what happens when you go to the, the show in these venues with these artists? You're going to need to bring your gun because, you know, a, a fan in the crowd might have beef with you. So we're in a weird time. So when I say that hip hop is being hunted, that's because it is. Now we're at a stage where they know that, you know, violence sells music and controversy. So now it's like they'll sign these kids only off of the merit that they're in a gang. They got gang ties. They got some beef with their ops. So it's another artist that will go back and forth and then these records will chart because people are not really listening to the music. They just listening to who got beef with who. And so it's like we're fueling. You ever heard the statement of the geek and the freak? Right? The geek and the freak is like 
the freak in the geek uh, example would be this. When you go to the circus, right, and they had the, the, the uh, sideshow freaks, right, you know, the deformed people and, the, you know, the mutants as they call them and, you know, the deformed people that they would have at the sideshow, you know, the bearded lady and the three, you know, the three-armed man or whatever. And people would come and pay a ticket to see the freak. But then we're the geek. So we're coming to see the freak, but then we're the geek. But then are we the freak? Because we're coming to look at someone in a cage, but then look at how perverse we are because that person's pain becomes our entertainment. So now they pay these kids all this money knowing that their lifespan will maybe be two years. They might get one album out this August, sell a catalog, make a few million, sign them low, sign them to a 360 deal, and then they can resell their merch for, for perpetuity, right? <laughs> all through the galaxy, right? They gonna stream your music all through the galaxy and you don't own your name, your likeness, you don't own your <laughs> rights to, to your music, you got no publishing rights, and you see these kids were chasing that, which was a dream, right? Because you're not supposed to actually chase a dream because once you get close to it, you gotta wake up and do the work. And it's no longer a dream, it's a manifested reality. But we're in a space where these kids that don't have anything, someone's dangling, you know, a shiny object in front of them. And they all want, want to be noticed. They want notoriety, they, they want fame. And for a short moment, they'll get the fame by any cost. And you got another headline, another rapper dead. Because you got to go back to, well, who's signing these kids to put out this message, right? Because we all go back and we blaming these kids. Oh, they're putting out drill music and they're terrorizing the neighborhood. You got to ask yourself, the kids will change the message in the music if there wasn't million dollar deals on the table from so-called small hat Jewish record labels. And that's just what it is. We're not talking about races. If they were Chinese label executives, we would say Chinese label owners. But we're not dealing with Chinese. We're dealing with a particular group of people that classify themselves as Jew. Now, if they call themselves something else, we would still say the same thing. We're still saying that something is taking place that seems to be a pattern. Now, you look at uh, Empire Records, you got about seven to eight artists that were murdered in the past three years on one record label alone that's ran by a Jewish executive. And I guarantee you, the label's making more off the money than the families of these artists. This is not a coincidence. So, here we have another situation with a rapper that's shot down, killed. And we got to look at this thing the way we need to see it in such a perspective that when someone gets killed, yeah, it's news and, you know, remember, bad news travels faster than good news. So we understand that, but to look at this in, in a, such a dynamic that this kid was going to a private party, right? We're speaking of the uh, one of the members of the Migos, uh, the artist Takeoff, right? He was he was killed uh, later into last night, so it would be early this morning, right? He was killed in a bowling alley. It was a party at a bowling alley, and he was basically um, in a dice game, 
like this the story goes he was in a dice game and he's in a dice game and someone gets into a confrontation during a dice game and he gets shot and killed as well as two other uh people were shot and are in critical condition as we speak so now the artist takeoff was attending a private event uh held by uh Jay Prince. Now, whether it was directly or indirectly, but the party that everyone's attending was a party for Jazz Prince, for Jay Prince's son. And this private party, uh, as the story goes, because uh, this information is now public knowledge, there was uh, 50 or more people uh, invited to this private event for uh, Jazz Prince. And this private event, you know, so you think in private event, you're talking about private event where everybody that's coming there, they got the private invite. Like, this should be family. Everybody that's coming, we good. Right? We at the barbecue. So if you're in a good space and then you look at someone like Jake Prince, he's, he's an esteemed businessman, you know, salute to him, all the accolades and all the artists that, you know, he helped bring to the culture. Salute to that brother. You know what I'm saying? He, he definitely did a lot for the culture. And when people go to Houston, they check in with Jay Prince. Jay Prince, you know, make sure everybody's good. You know, kind of roll out the red carpet. You're safe. You're good. You know, they let you know places to go, places to avoid. And, you know, they show you that Southern hospitality. So now to think of a private event for his son, this, this thing had to be extra, you know, security and extra, you know, just relaxed. And this is family you're around. Because for one, you're not going to have an event where it's going to be violence like that and your son's in attendance. You know, that's kind of like weird, you know, that people would need to bring guns to that establishment. But then you go to the thing of the artists, right? These artists, you know, the Migos, they sold millions of records. Millions of records. Now, whether these brothers have the millions to show from these records, we don't know. But I know the Jewish labels that probably own their catalog are going to make a shitload of money after this. So now it goes back to the persona, right? Because the kids in the hood, they thinking, man, these guys are millionaires 10 times over. One, what you doing in a dice game? You're a millionaire. What you doing in a dice game? Now, I get it. If you're in a dice game with your family members, you know what I'm saying? You at the cookout and it's, you know, it's all love and it's not going to be nothing crazy because, you know, People arguing over money, that, that could transpire to shots flying. That happens anywhere in the hood. We know that. So you got that when you was broke. You got that lesson broke 101. So now you become a millionaire and this dice game takes place. But I'm just looking at like, if I'm a millionaire, I'm not shooting no dice, man. Unless I'm around my family or I'm in the casino. So now... As the story goes, right, because all this is alleged, but a lot of this is confirmed by, you know, people that were there and a lot of the stories is flooding the, you know, the timelines and everything. But it states that uh, Quavo, one of the other uh, members of the Migos, Quavo gets into a situation at this party. Now, while they're all shooting dice, now Quavo is the uncle of Takeoff. See, all of them are related, Migos. Quavo is the uncle of Takeoff, and Offset is Quavo's cousin. So now they're all family members, right? So now the only two people at this party was Quavo and Takeoff. Now, 
as they say, that Quavo gets into an argument, a heated argument in the dice game with someone else at the party. But why do people have guns on them? Like, this is a Jay Prince event. Like, you are good. Like, that's like you, you in the room with, you know what I'm saying? The man, you good here. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's good here. But as the story goes, he gets into an altercation with uh, someone else, a verbal altercation. And while they're arguing, uh, Takeoff is shooting dice. Now, they say that someone from Quavo's camp starts firing off shots after this argument happens. And then while the shots are flying, Takeoff is shooting dice. He goes to raise up, you know, either to pick money up from the ground or, you know, grab the dice. And he gets shot in the neck and the head. Now, when he gets shot in the neck, they say he falls right to the ground. He gets shot in the neck and the head. He's dead on the scene. Take off on him, he goes, right? So now, what they're saying, that this might have been one of the friends of the Migos that shot him. Trying to shoot at someone else that they were verbally having an argument with or verbally having a confrontation with. Now, two other people got hit in this shooting. They're now in critical condition. So a total of three people, they said like maybe 30-something shots was let off. But the initial two shots that hit takeoff that killed him, they said it came from someone that was with them. So it was like an accident. And the person that was shooting wasn't even intending to hit takeoff. He was kind of a bystander. Or was he? I don't want to speculate. I know everyone's going off in, on the internet and sacrificing this. But I will say this. We're dealing with this Mars retrograde. That's in Scorpio. All that is hidden will be revealed. And those that run the music industry, they don't just thrive off of money alone. They thrive off energy and tragedy. Right? This energy, this low vibrational energy from everyone feeling sad of the news and this and that. This fuels the machine because they're going to make a lot of money off this, this, this kid's music and all this other stuff. So who really wins in the end? But I'm saying, like, why weren't these artists better protected? That's the only thing. I'm not trying to, you know, make accusations because I don't know. I wasn't there. But I just want to know why weren't these guys protected at a private party thrown by one, the mayor of Houston? You know what I'm saying? One of the biggest, you know, guys in music. And it was a party of his sons, you know? So you would want your son to be in a safe space as well, too. Why were there guns there that would, you know, be able to be picked up if someone was to get into something, right? Because if there was no guns in the building, maybe it had just been a fist fight. Maybe it had just been a, a shouting back and forth and someone would have intervened and it died down, right? You know, we, we men and, you know, our egos and we go back and forth. Stuff like that happens. People argue at basketball games. But again, if it ain't no guns, like on some, you know, uh, above the rim type of shit, you know, if it ain't no guns on the basketball court, there won't be a shootout. Might be a fist fight, but it might be just, you know, a shout match. Just men with ego. But I'm just saying this story just seems very convenient to start the runoff. And we're dealing with that retrograde because you're going to see a lot of situations where people are just going to be popping off out of nowhere. So beware of your surroundings. Beware of going back and forth with people. Let that shit ride. You know what I'm saying? 
anything that's small, anything that's going to stop you from getting back home to your family, your wife, your kids, or whoever, your significant other, your, your moms, anything that's going to stop you from getting back to your home, it ain't worth it. So make sure you, you know what I'm saying, everybody's out partying and, you know, we got some holidays coming up and everybody's, you know, out and about. We outside, right? Everybody's outside. Just remember, this brother was killed and the shot wasn't even meant for him. The bullets ain't got no names on it. So you got to understand that you could be just in a concert of bad company. You know what I'm saying? So you don't want to be in the midst of people that don't have your best interests at heart. I'm not going to have somebody around me that's a shooter. Why am I going to a place where I need my shooter? See what I'm saying? I move different. I'm not a millionaire and I still move different. So these guys are public figures and, you know, somebody got access to where you're at in public. And this, we just went through this with the PNB Rock situation, right? To where people got the Addy and they can find out where you at, you know what I'm saying? But this wasn't that type of situation. It seemed to be a friendly dice game and, until someone started reaching. And this brother just was a bystander in the situation. He wasn't even a target, or was he? But that's what I'm saying, because he, sh he shouldn't even been a bystander because there shouldn't have been no guns in the space. It's a private, it's a birthday party. Who's going to a birthday party saying, yo, I might see my ops there. Like, what the fuck? Like, I'm not going, because it's a birthday party. Now, if you going somewhere and you like, yo, if it's up, it's up, then that's the energy you on, then that's the energy that's gonna visit you. But if you come in to celebrate with your family and celebrate with friends for, for Jay Prince, for, for Jay Prince's son's birthday party, man, that's big. I just wanna keep highlighting that, man, because Jay Prince is a very prominent dude in the industry and he's been successful on the top for many years and the brother's very smart and he knows how to move. So I know he gave jewels to his son on how to move and I know he would make sure his son is protected when his son is out and about because his son is a target by way of just being his son. People that might want to, you know, but this brother is very highly respected. So I find it hard to believe that someone would have a gun around that could have possibly hit his son. So these are questions we have to ask moving forward. But coming again, why I tie this in? A lot of these labels, they're going to be tapping people on the shoulder for situations. We need some events to happen. Because as a wise man once said, never let a good tragedy go to waste. So you're going to see people cashing in on pain. Because it's profit. It's profit and pain. Definitely profit and pain out here. So it's... Unfortunate, my condolences out to uh, Takeoff's family, and matter of fact, my condolences to the Migos all together because they're all related. Quavo's Takeoff's uncle, and Offset is Quavo's cousin. So all of those brothers are feeling it right now. You know, all of those brothers' families, you know, collectively, the whole family is feeling it. And it's unfortunate, but it's like, we're so desensitized to this, like, oh, another rapper killed. It was someone that made a post, right? And they said, so now everybody's gonna be posting, you know, RIP, cause this guy died. And it's like, you see how insensitive we are? Even if you didn't listen to their music, like, you know, I didn't, I don't have a bunch of their albums. Like I might've listened to seven or seven, eight of their songs total in my lifetime. But I respected, you know, that these kids had their own lane. They had their own sound. They were unique, right? And they had a fan base. 
So I can't, you know, I can't say, well, you know, the type of message they were promoting. No, because they they had some party stuff. They had some, you know, they wasn't all just promoting drugs and kill you in every song. The label pushed that. So that would be their only message. But the kids had potential to make other kind of music because they had some dope ass beats. Can you imagine if they was talking about empowering the neighborhoods and building businesses in the music? And they were. But it was overshadowed by the number one product that these labels sell, anti-Semitism. Because everybody keeps saying, fight anti-Semitism. It's crazy how they trying to flip that on us. But if we are the true Semitics, the true Jews, then promoting destruction and death of us would be anti-us. So you would say that they are anti-Semitic for paying these kids to push a deaf culture. You push a deaf culture, and that's what it is. So this whole situation, man, is unfortunate, and it's going to continue to happen because currently in the state of uh, rap music, right? Because I'm not even going to say hip-hop, right? Because hip-hop is the culture, right? It's, it's what we do. That, that's us, right? That's our language. But in this form of rap, right, they wrap up a product and sell it to you in this form of Rap, rap age that we're in, they're only selling one type of product. And it's deaf culture of one particular people. Now, isn't it funny that you can't say white lives matter, but when you said black lives matter, nobody fucking listened to you. Nobody gave a damn when you said black lives matter. In fact, the organization since ran off with $80 million. Didn't do no lobbying, didn't get any laws passed, nothing changed. And since the top of this year, seven months, you got over a thousand people shot by police. So why are we not outraged about that? Nobody's in the streets about that. Shit. What is the marching doing? But they're going to gear up this Black Lives Matter thing and stage protests. All this stuff's going to come back up, moving towards election. Because they're going to make themselves the problem solvers, and they're going to make our people the problem. Right? See, they blame the artists for the message but the artist gets paid by the label to put out the message. So what does that tell you? What is the result they want from this music that they put on the radio? Why are they not pushing this music to their people? See, their children buy the music and they listen to the music, but because they're not of the culture, they know it's entertainment. These kids are of the culture, this is all they got. So now that rap song becomes your identity. Everywhere you go, you say, I got the chopper, and that's your number one single. Well, everywhere you go, you, you could be at the park with your babies. Fan thinks you got the chopper. So you got to live your lyrics. Now, if you're promoting real growth, real manhood, and family, and prosperity, and wealth, then when people come around you, they're going to share light on you because you're spreading light. But if you spread and I'm going to kill you and I'm going to fuck your girl and all this other stuff, what do you think is going to happen when you confront people that think you got more than them? They're going to feel a kind of way. They're going to want to interact with that energy to see if it's real, to see what type of time you want, to see if it's really up. So here's how we change things. And I know it's going to be still, you know, artists lined up around the block to push that deaf culture because, you know, hey, that's what they're paying for. 
But if we all just start changing the frequency in the music, they're going to have to sign artists that's putting out real shit. Well, they can't make a dollar around these parts. See, they still want to make money off of us, but as, as us being consumers of the music, what type of taste we got? We got to change our taste because you can't be turning up to all these fucking records and then you surprise when an artist gets shot when they talking about shooting people in all of their songs. What do you think eventually is going to happen? The universe doesn't understand what I meant was careful what you say in it because the universe is always listening. And that energy will always return to sender. And I'm not saying this brother's music got... No, that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is they're turning our culture into a hunting ground to where these artists are targets the moment they sign the deal. The minute they put out their first single, that becomes your calling card. That becomes your identity. That becomes your resume. Right? When Rick Ross first came out, every day I'm hustling, right? Now, we know he wasn't a hustler or selling drugs. That's the first song you heard of him. So his persona was, I'm this big-time drug dealer, and I got kilos. And then what happened? His whole career, he was talking about selling kilos, and he doesn't sell drugs. But for a kid that's 17 that's listening to that, and he's seeing the car and the women and the jewelry, oh, shit, he got all that from selling drugs? Let me do it. But then they don't tell you that the labels that make money off the death culture also are invested into the privatized prisons, right? Because we don't know many of the prisons are privately owned. They're not government prisons, they're privately owned, which means individual investors. And a lot of these investors that invest in the record labels invest in the private prisons. So it seems fair to say, if I wanna open up a jail in Middletown, nowhere America, and I'm gonna provide jobs for the townspeople, all I gotta do is get the money from the bank that's gonna give me a loan, because I'll get it back. Once this prison start popping, all I need now, once I get the loan to build my prison, somebody's going to gift me the land. This is how this works. All I need now is prisons. So then, hey, let's promote to the inner cities within that town. Better yet, let's promote one message on loop, a deaf culture in the music, to where the listeners of this music are going to perpetuate the content in the songs. All the fans listening to the music about selling drugs, guess what? Somebody's going to want to sell some drugs. Somebody's going to want to use some drugs. All the content about shooting a gun and, hey, I get into a beef with somebody, just blow that nigga's head off. Guess what? Somebody's going to really do it. And it's not to where, hey, man, you should listen to your mom and dad. Don't listen to the artist, man. Fuck that. The more you listen to music, it becomes a mantra. The more you repeat these choruses and these verses and these one-liners and, oh, that was a bar. This becomes a mantra that changes your DNA. Repetition is the mother of all learning. Repetition is the mother of all learning. Repetition is the mother of all learning. When you were younger and your mom or dad taught you the ABCs, right? How did you learn the ABCs? They sung it to you. It became a song. So our brains connect faster when melody is combined and rhyme and all this stuff is easy to commit to memory so it causes us to change our dna by the diet for which we add excuse me 
for which the contents we add in our diet. You know, because your diet is not just stuff you ingest in your stomach, right? It's also what you listen to. It's also what you see. And it's also what you're talking about. What's your social commentary, right? Because when you're listening to these kind of songs that promote death, death culture, the killing of your people, who are you talking about the songs with, right? When you're playing your favorite song in your car, look over your shoulder. Your, your three, four-year-old babies behind you repeating the words right along with you. So what do you think's happening to their DNA? They might be two, don't know what a chopper is, but when the kid is 10, he gonna have so many downloads about shooting a nigga with a chopper, he might actually wanna try it. So we're programming our kids because if the music transformed from where it was in the 80s and the 90s and the, and the, and the 2000s and then the 10s, what's next after drill rap? AKA kill rap, what's next? Kids gonna be killing themselves in their music video? Like, what's next? What more can they pull out of our culture and don't put nothing back? You can count all the billionaires on one hand in the music industry. But all the execs are billionaires. They all got M's. Multi-millionaires and, and are billionaires in other endeavors. But their notoriety in the music industry allowed them to move over into other fields. You got Leor Cohen, who's now uh, working in the YouTube space. He's like a president or executive for YouTube, Leor Cohen, that used to run Def Jam, that signed Young Thug. And look what's happening with Young Thug right now. His whole team is in a RICO case. So you gotta look at this, right? Gangster rap came off the backs of some of the artists were emulating gangsters. Right? Movie gangsters, you know, the, the Al Pacinos, the, the, the John, you know, the Al Pacino played Scarface, but the, uh, the John Gotti's and, you know, the, the, the Al Poe's and, and the, the Nicky Barnes and the Bumpy Johnsons. And, you know, people were fascinated by the real life gangsters and the portrayal of these real life gangsters on film. Right. Because many of these gangsters, they made movies of them and documentaries. Right. Scarface came out in the 80s right around the time the crack era was booming. So what did that do to every inner city kid? Man, I'm trying to get into Scarface. And that's still one of the biggest gangster movies of all time. But now, what happened? How did they take down the mafia? See, they couldn't get to the mafia with regular tactics. They had to get them for tax evasion. So they found a way, we can't get them for direct crimes, we'll just get them for hiding the money, laundering the money and the money uh, funding, funding businesses. So illegal money funding uh, legal businesses. And that transpired to the rappers being gangsters in their songs to actually being gangsters in real life. Because 90% of the artists that are signed today, they all got gang ties or they false flagging. And it don't even matter. Either way, in the video, you think they're a gangster. The kids don't know that. So the kids listen to the music, they might want to join a gang. Because my favorite rapper's a blood. My favorite rapper's a crip, right? So now you got these rappers that were pretending to be gangsters or idolizing gangsters in their music as it started. These kids are now living out that gangster shit and they want to be gangsters. So now the same people that made money off of bringing down the mafia, hitting them with RICO uh, charges where they seized all their businesses and all their assets and they didn't have to catch them with drugs or actual criminal intent. They just said, hey, the money is funding your criminal enterprise. 
So now, let's look at today's rappers. Hip-hop is being hunted. So now, they make you look like a gang. Then all your homeboys is with you. Well, gang, gang. So now, you're talking about selling drugs in your music. Oh, so you're gang selling drugs. Hmm, you talking about, you know what I'm saying? You talking about flying chicks in from state to state. Oh, so interstate trafficking. Oh, sex trafficking. You see what's going on? These kids don't think it's that serious, but it is. You don't think that they're not reading every DM you hop into? This shit is, <laughs> come on, man, this is a CIA operation. They already put out a story uh, two years ago that Facebook, Instagram, and all that, they read your messages. People are getting locked up for selling drugs and shit through their DM on Instagram. So what do you think happens when these artists are promoting stacks and stacks of money and all this drugs and all this stuff on their Instagram? So now they're tying in, hey, your music really lives. This kid is really about that life. So now that lets you get money. And the bigger you get and the more you think you're unstoppable and can't nobody touch you, they're just keeping a long tab on you. And then when they're done with you and they can grab another artist when your light starts to dim, they hit you with the Rico case. And all they got to do is say, hey, you might have made some side money outside of, you know, the money we made off your music. We feel some kind of way. Or maybe you're trying to go independent. Or maybe you don't want to re-sign with us. Okay. So we'll hit you up for tax evasion. We'll call the IRS. And then we'll just, because a lot of these charges, it's hard. Like when you get a RICO uh, charge, it's hard to get out of that. Because you can just be in concert with people and they say, you gang. You post up some shit on your Instagram in the picture with gang members. What happens when they round the gang up? They rounding you up. Because you're affiliated. Right? Even in, in, in the mafia times, you had made guys. And then you had associates. Because it just was around, trying to, you know, trying to be on the scene. So this same thing is happening in our culture now. So now they took it off of the mafia, who are now still quiet. You know, they, they done blended into everyday society and still run all the unions today. There's construction, sanitation, same as they always did. And they became police and firemen and all that, right? They blended in. And now the nuisance and the gangster and the menace to society is us. Henceforth, remember the movie Menace to Society? That was a, a, a programming. That was a download they gave us, right? You ask any of the young kids that's on Go Time, that, that, that's drill rap, you know, artists, they're going to tell you they saw Menace to Society. They remember Old Dog. You know what I'm saying? They blowing niggas' heads off in the convenience store. They remember that. That image is captivating. And the same people that are calling us anti-Semitic, they control Hollywood. So they control the image of a people. Now, it's ironic that they keep telling us to talk about their Holocaust, right? And go back to their enslavement and go back to their suffering. But when they were uh, on their way, you know, to before they were, you know, the Holocaust turned out the way it did, there was a lead up. There was a build up. And many of the publications, the newspapers, they will put out propaganda to dehumanize the people. So... When it got to a point they were so dehumanized, the population was so desensitized, when the slaughter did start to happen, nobody spoke up. And fast forward, we're looking at that right now in our time. We say Black Lives Matter, they don't know what we're talking about. When you say White Lives Matter, they get angrier because they know we know what we're talking about. And I go back to that because white is not a skin color. 
we can believe we all can agree that their skin is not is not physically white and our skin isn't physically black my hoodie's black my beard's black my locks are black my skin is copper so this black and white thing is a status so i covered this before in my bills but i elaborate the naturalization act of 1790 the nationality act of 1790 a group of people many of them from europe that all agreed to be classified as white and became us citizens by way of naturalization and taking an oath they were not born of the land as we were we were born of the land so here's where the trick comes in they all adopted status free white persons or free white persons in the law dictionary doesn't mean caucasian race because in fact they're not even the real caucasians the original caucasian people had the same skin color as me but later they became inhabitants of the caucasus mountains by way of war warring with the moors they ran many of them into the caves and they lived into the caves many of them became cannibals and they practice uh all types of crazy sexual practices and all this stuff they spent years and years in these caves and this is their history this isn't hatred this isn't to slight the people we just have to talk about the history so we can understand the times we find ourselves in now so now if white is a status that made these people the top status of the land then it had to be a group of people that were already on the land and for these people to rule them they had to make these people under them so now black is a status that has nothing to do with your skin because at one time they called us afro-americans remember that one time they called you colored american and before that they called you an american indian see there's a distinction you have american indian and then you have native american the mixed mongolian tribes that later came to the land they're later americans but the original people are our people the original to all of us because everyone didn't come from africa that were enslaved here and i don't like to refer to our people as slaves i'll just call them prisoners of war pows and to parallel that if our holocaust was slavery and the jews want us to keep talking about their holocaust well what did the nazis do to them what happened after the holocaust many of the people that identified as nazis they were tried for war crimes because the jewish people that were in the holocaust were prisoners of war henceforth our people that they call slaves were prisoners of war but still today this american institution no one has been tried for war crimes zero not one dollar paid in reparations but they want to keep reminding you of their suffering and the only time they remind us of our suffering is when they make a few billion dollars off another slave movie. <laughs> and Will Smith is in another fucking slave movie in 2020. See what happened after that fiasco at the awards? So you don't make them look crazy on a live show. He had a glitch in the system. And they spanked his hand with the ruler and put their little puppet back into play. You want to keep earning your bag, my nigga? keep acting like a nigga. So they deduced Mr. 50 million dollars a picture to a starring role in a slave movie called Emancipation. But I thought we were already emancipated. What the fuck does that even mean anyway? But again, that goes back to Kanye saying slavery is a choice. Now, 
Let's parallel that with what Harriet Tubman said. I freed thousands of slaves. I wish I could free thousands more if they only knew they were slaves. So did you get mad at Harriet Tubman's statement? Because it's the same damn thing that Ye said. But they make our people so emotional, you in your feelings bag and you ain't got no facts. She couldn't free those other people because they didn't want to leave. I was a good slave boss. Master treat us so good, I got this house coat. I'm in a house, I'm in a big house. What I want to leave for? What I want to go run for? And that's why he said it's a choice. Now, years ago, he put out the album Yeezus. The first single was the song New Slaves. Remember that? He was going around city to city and he was showing the video on, on, on outside the, the walls. He was showing the video on a big ass movie projector on the streets. New Slaves, that was the song. New Slaves, dope ass record. So he was telling you back then that we was new slaves. He's not on some new shit. He was doing this his whole career. But the dope thing about Kanye, he's showing you, excuse me, Ye, right? He said, you know, Cash has changed his name, call me Ali, right? So call him Ye. And I respect the brother's wishes. So the brother is not saying nothing different. Look at this. He's one artist that's being attacked for being the worst guy in pop culture today. But he's the one artist that doesn't promote death in his music, he doesn't promote excessive drug use in his music, he doesn't promote breaking up families, like just listen to his career, how he came in and to where he's at now, talking, he came in with Jesus Walks, and then he's doing Sunday service, and we looking at him like he's crazy, come on man, his mom raised him right, and she's still with him, everybody keeps saying he's crazy, he ain't fucking crazy after his mom, if your mom passed, your mom is gonna still be with you, so he's always having these glitch moments in the system to where he's trying to break free. And I'm riding with the brother because look at all the artists and the execs and all these other people coming out at him. Look at the shit they endorse. Look at the shit that they're cool with. It's no coincidence rappers is either getting robbed, catching a Rico, or they getting toe tagged. But the label makes money off all three. And they don't see a problem with that because they know they kids ain't gonna be dying behind that shit. Only us. Hip hop is being hunted. It's time for us to take the culture back. Cause if hip hop is something we do, then we gotta stop doing dumb shit. Nah, my nigga, that shit ain't cool to snitch on yourself on the record. Nah, we ain't listening to that. Nope, we can't jack that shit. If we stop giving attention to this music that's destroying our communities, maybe they'll stop playing the shit. Because if they stop playing it, we'll stop listening to it. We have to hold ourselves accountable. Everybody keeps saying they ops and they ops on the record. Man, wake the fuck up. The ancestors knew the ops was. The same ops that was your ancestors ops are your ops. But you done made your brother, your sister your op? And that's not mental illness? See, we gotta be real. This is why these kids are so doped up with all the pills and all these opioids and and all this other crazy shit because they're suffering from mental illness. They're in a society that says, I'm only gonna pay you if you kill your people. And I got a problem with that. And I think we all should just hold ourselves accountable because every artist that gets shot and we keep playing this music that promotes other artists getting shot, you just as worse as the nigga that shot the gun. How many artists are getting killed 
because you keep funding this deaf culture message. It's only designed to do one thing, destroy the people. Now, till this day, we ain't get no reparations, and we can't even have the conversation about it. What's that about? How is that fair? Only way we're going to make money is if we're working for them, and we always want to get the crumbs that's left on the table. And better yet, they're going to tell you what your job description is. And you notice, look at all the ones they pay the hefty sum. Look at all the billionaires. Jay-Z's the top rapper in the game, and he's still telling you he's selling fucking drugs. Hove did. Look at what the stove did. So how the fuck you put God and dope in the same conversation, my nigga? That ain't godly. It's blasphemous. That's you leading the people astray, and that's the only way that nigga gonna get paid. We gotta start calling it for what it is. You notice Jay ain't said shit during this whole Kanye situation. In fact, they proved the point. A day after that Drink Tramps interview, MC searched that another Jew. We're calling you what it is. If he was Chinese, we would say another Chinese man. But another Jewish businessman that owns owns Nas catalog, owns uh, Illmatic and uh, I Am. Excuse me, Illmatic and, Illmatic and it was written. Nas's first two albums. He ends up saying, "I'm gonna sell my sell my nigger portion. I'm gonna sell the catalog." How the fuck? Thirty years later, he still owns Nas music. That nigga didn't write fucking raps for Nas. But that business arrangement to where I'm gonna eat off your family and my grandkids gonna go to college off your music. Maybe your daughter might get a couple dollars, but it's not gonna be generational wealth because these people own music in perpetuity they're gonna stream your shit on mars who writes these type of contracts you think these kids is reading into that shit to say yo my nigga we gonna own your shit if they stream you know they stream your shit on pluto we gonna own it and you ain't gonna own it because you're only gonna get the portion on on earth what if elon musk is uh running those uh space shuttle uh, trips, right? Where you take the trips to the space, whatever. And I think that's cap. But what if they stream somebody's album on that space trip, right? And they, and, and they charge money. Like, I'm looking at different ways they're going to be able to sell the music. That's why you see all these artists selling their catalog. What if it's a inside joke or inside memo to where you're not going to leave this game with your fucking catalog? Either sell it to us or get shot, end up in a headline, and we'll still get the catalog. You'll never leave this game without your catalog. Ask Prince. He tried. Fearless brother. Fearless brother. Ask Michael Jackson. He tried. Fearless brother. Ask Sam Cooke. He tried. First brother that ran his own label. In fact, Sam Cooke, one of the biggest R&B, R&B minds of our time. Hell of a songwriter. Phenomenal artist. And Sam Cooke was one of the first artists that funded the civil rights music. Excuse me, the civil rights movement. Sam Cooke, out of his own pocket, he was funding, you know, those those sit-ins and those marches with Martin Luther King and all that. He was throwing money to these organizations. Look at the artists that try to do that today. They'll try to crucify you like they're doing Ye. Our people are in an uproar. How could he say that about George Foote when he was the only artist to date that gave up $2 million for his daughter's college fund? They did that. Not all these fucking artists that are criticizing him, they didn't give up a penny. 
But look at the stuff they tell you to get mad at. They tell us to get pissed off about the fentanyl situation when a year and a half ago, the Washington Post put out the story. That's where it came from. A Jewish publication put out the story that said two of the autopsies that they did, George Floyd had fentanyl, methamphetamine, and, and THC in the system. We're not saying that that led to his ultimate death and what happened. We know what we seen was very fucking bizarre. The cop that supposedly did all that was friends with him. Something's weird. There was two other people in the car when they stopped the car. He was driving a Mercedes Benz, but he gets stopped at a fucking convenience store with a counterfeit 20. The story makes no sense, but we're not going to dwell on that. There was over a thousand people killed by police this year. Nobody talking about it. So all those with that fake outrage against Kanye, y'all being puppets by your oppressor and you're being manipulated and you don't know it. Get out your feelings and say, why are they bringing that story back? Remember 2020, the kids was in the street. What happened? All that shit died down. And then all that energy transferred into drill music and then all these artists started getting killed. Never let a good crisis go to waste. That's what they're doing. We gotta pay more attention to the patterns in the past 20 years, since the past 20 years. But if you go back from the 60s, nothing's changed. Divide and conquer. Keep those people pointing fingers at each other. And the minute one of them rise up and say, hey, no, we all should be focusing on this. This is the source of our pressure. They're gonna pay a few of us to silence those that speak out against the agenda. And what's the agenda? Total annihilation of a population of our people. That ain't conspiracy. Just look at history. But as it is written in the book, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Revelation 3.9 speaks of two kind of Jews. It speaks of a people pretending to be Jews of the synagogue of Satan. And then it speaks of God's true people, of God's true people. The last shall be first and the first shall be last. Who has been last in this story? Our people. Who's been first? Them. It's going to flip around. And in this Mars retrograde, hold on to your hat. You're going to see a lot of shit before this year ends. You're going to see a lot of <laughs> a lot of stuff with your famous celebrities and entertainers because they want to see your influence is currency. And if we can't influence our agenda, we don't need you. We'll get you out the way. That was something crazy. Uh, the kid, uh, what's his name? Uh, Michael uh, Ferguson? Is that the guy's name? Uh, yeah, Michael J. Ferguson, right? He's one of the actors from the show Power, right? There was a video last night, uh, you know, a lot of people having Halloween parties. He got into a confrontation with uh, Brother Love, uh, P. Diddy, right? He got into a confrontation with him. P. Diddy's dressed as the Joker, you know, and they're on the streets, and dude, Michael J. Ferguson from uh, Power, he looked like he wanted to give him the beats. Now, Diddy had all the security around, but dude... You, you, you know, anybody from the hood, you know what I'm saying? You know when somebody's on that kind of time where you're like, it's up, and I'm, I'm ready to knock this nigga the fuck out, and I don't care who gonna jump me. It was like he was surrounded by his security, and the brother was furious. He was something in his energy. He wanted to get at, bro. And then he tried to play it off in the video, like, 
you know, you got love for me, brother, you know. And the guy with a straight face, like, nah, I'm about to put these hands on you. But what you're seeing is a lot of the energy is going to start coming out that was hidden in the industry to where all of these people that you're thinking had good relationships and, you know, the fake Hollywood smiles, you're going to see who's really riding for something and who was used to push an agenda. Look at all the people that's coming at Ye. Look at the artists that are silent about what he's saying. And look at who's standing with him. Now pay attention, because the next few months is going to reveal to you, if you're not standing on your truth, you're going to fall with the lie. So stay prayed up, stay faithed up. You know, I respect all the books and all the prophets, right? Because all the books were designed to teach us to master the heaven and hell, the high and lower self, the God and devil within our own temple. So wherever you seek out to find that unique, uh, sincere relationship with your creator, right? Because when Moses said to Jesus, or Yahshua, or Yahweh, or the Most High, if the people ask me, what's your name, what should I call you? He says, I am that I am, I exist, I go by many names. So whether you want to call him Yahshua, Yahweh, Allah, Buddha, Confucius, Muhammad, whatever name you want to conscribe, if it's true to your heart, to your soul, we're talking about the same universal energy. So in this moment, you got to stand for something. And if you're not angry at this onslaught of the message they keep pushing to our kids, then you just as worse as the person that puts the hand in the, in the that puts the gun in the kid's hand. And whatever transpires, it transpires. You can't keep looking the other way and we turn up on the same music at the same time. That shit don't work, man. Because your spirit is voting for something. Every time you play, I get it, man. Some of the music, yo, that shit be lit. I get it. But in the grand scheme of things, every time you listen to it, your DNA is voting for something. You're voting for those lifestyles that are that are perpetrated in the music. You're voting for that. Eventually, you ain't never drunk no lean, but you ain't listen to 10 songs about these niggas smoking, drinking lean, and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna try some lean. I ain't never took a perk. You're like, you know what? I'm gonna take me a perk because Future keep talking about it. And Future don't even do drugs like that. But the label pays them to do it. And guess what? It's gonna be the same people that own the labels that's making money off the drug sales, that's making money off the private prisons, that it's gonna have you housed after they arrest you for selling the drugs or shooting somebody because you can't rap about shooting your ops on a song and then shoot your ops and then be on your social media and think you're gonna be off to the next show and off to the next, what? We have the evidence you committed a crime. In fact, you're the star fucking witness. Man, it's prophecy, right? One of my favorite artists of all time, MF Doom, right? And if you're not acquainted with MF Doom, search his catalog, man. Phenomenal artist, right? MF Doom, he has a song called Rap Snitches, right? Or Rap Knishes, right? Rap Snitches. Telling all they business. <laughs> Get in the court and be their own star witness. You see the perpetrator? Yeah, I'm right here. <laughs> And the song is funny because it was it was talking about a time where rappers would be telling on themselves in their music. MF Doom put this song out in the late 90s. 
and look at the birth drilling. Rappers telling on themselves. And what happened? You see rappers going to jail and prosecutors using rap lyrics and fucking transcripts in the court. They tried that with Young Thug. Hey, you said you got kilos in here. You say you got DAs on payroll. You said that in your song. So it's no longer entertainment. It's actual fucking testimony in the Rico case. I get y'all want to live and be authentic and man, I'm street and I'm hard. And you want people to believe that? Guess what? The same time we listening to the rap record and we nodding our head, the DA's listening to your, your mixtape and he's nodding his head too. Got us enough. Got us enough. Hip hop is being hunted. Now we point out who the hunter is. Just because they call us anti Semitic, it don't stop the fact that we're being hunted. And it don't stop the fact that the hunters are cashing in every day. Every day it's a new kill. And what happens when a, when a hunter hunts? If he doesn't just kill and eat the animal, he's gonna wear the animal, make a coat, or he's gonna put the animal's head on his goddamn mantle. And every time I see another artist die in hip hop, I see that record label exec with the artist's head on the fucking mantle, right? The head might be his plaque, his album plaque. He got artist heads on the mantle. And every artist that dies becomes another one of his kills. It's fucked up. But it's not gonna change until we change it. You got Ye, one of the biggest artists at the top of the chain. Look at how they fucked his money up and all that. They're showing you what they can do. And they're showing you why the artists won't put out another message. Because if they do, the IRS coming to see you. You're going to say you on drugs. You're going to say you crazy. You're going to say you bipolar. Whatever we got to do to separate you from your money. Separate you from your people. You're going to keep falling for that, man. Go back 10 years, 20 years in the game. L- listen to all the shit Ye was saying. He was saying the same thing he came in saying. We got to wake up, yo. Stand with your brother. If you don't stand with him personally, just stand with the message he sent in its totality. Because people are focusing on the two-minute clip in the Drink Champs interview, but he did an interview for three hours and 25 minutes. Challenge anyone. It's a reason why they pulled that video. But it's still on YouTube. Everybody's reposting. I challenge everybody. When you get off this live or when you get a chance tomorrow, if you haven't watched that interview, watch it again. Watch it in its its totality. And then say to yourself, am I going to stand with this message? Am I going to stand with God did? Hove did? Look at what the stove did. I'm going to stand with that bullshit. Because all of them people, they days are numbered. It's over for these false idols. The most high is real. We're talking about the true and living God. Psalms 82. I'm gonna leave y'all with Psalms 82. God stand, God standeth, God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. He judgeth among the gods. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty, and he judgeth among the gods. So God is standing among other gods. I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But you shall fall like men and die like one of the princes. Arise, O God, 
judge the earth for you shall inherit all nations. This is the true and living God talking to our people. Oh, rise, oh gods. See, we are those fallen angels that fell into these physical bodies in this spiritual bondage. Our mission here is to get free. Get your resume lit to get free. Because we're looking at artists that got money that we'll never attain to. They have it in the right now. And look at what this guy's talking about. He's talking about getting free because the money ain't going to free you. It's your soul's genuine expression. That's the only way you get out of this life. You got to be you. You got to be you. Peace, love, and light to everybody tuning in. I thank y'all for taking a listen. You can also check out my podcast on any of the podcast streaming platforms, Third Eye High. That's three R-D, the letter I, and the word high, H-I-G-H, Third Eye High, right? You can check out my podcast. I cover everything that's all culture, right? We deal with the third eye high, higher consciousness of a fire culture. When your third eye is high, you're not just claiming you conscious. You're consciously taking action. Because everybody's saying they woke. My nigga, zombies woke, my nigga. Zombies woke out here looking for brains. (laughs) Even the the zombies trying to get conscious. So you can't just be conscious. You got to be consciously taking action. Because all of these people that say they're conscious and they spewing black excellence to us, that shit ain't excellence. That's just propaganda. That's just death culture. They're not conscious. they just cons. They're not conscious. they just cons. If you ain't consciously taking action to change the conditions of your neighborhood, then you ain't nothing, you ain't nothing different from a pimp. Poverty pimps. That's what these labels are. That's what these churches are. And we're talking about the people that run the church. Because the church is a German word that simply means circle. The circling of energy. When two or more gather in his name, God appears. So we have in church right now. Thanks for everybody tuning in. We have in church right now. And I just want to shout out some of the people listening in. Uh, Shouts out to Philip Child of God. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Sonny Parlett. Thanks for tuning in. John McDonald, thanks for tuning in. Jessica Rowe, Matthew Burris, uh, The Herbal Fairy, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Celia Grace, Marcy Ann, Lois Hampson, uh, Hampson uh, Samariah, Samarayu, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Dr. Robert James Gordon, Felicia K, Voice of Terror, uh, Money's, uh, Money's uh, uh, Radio Gillis, Lulu Baby, uh, Julia, Kristen Brown, uh, Tarnika, Malika, Judah Ken, Miles Blackman, Mojo, Paige uh, Stansill, Chef James Rucker, Christopher John Martin, Mar- Martins, thanks for tuning in, Adam Replay, Repley, uh, Daniela, sorry if I'm butchering the names guys, but uh, I really do thank you guys for uh, spending your time and tuning into the, uh, tonight's message. Uh, Raphael, uh, Valerie, John, Louis, uh, the karma of it all, Miguel, Alan, Eternity, and Dr. Rao. I had to shout everyone out because my message is important. My message matters more than I do, and you guys matter 
because you're here, you know, and I know that I can't change everything, but I know this conversation can be carried to places and to people that can make the change. Listen to this, you know, with your son, you know what I'm saying? Listen to this with your daughter that are consumers of this current music that we're talking about, right? Because our hip-hop is not their hip-hop, but it's all hip-hop. Because even if it's destructive music, these kids are, some of them are still being genuine with their expression because this shit is going on in their neighborhoods. But it's in reverse because the music is perpetuating and causing the violence that then in turn causes the kids to write more music talking about the violence that's happening because of the music that's promoting the violence. It's like a loop. They have us on a loop. So, again, thank you guys for tuning in. Until next time, I will be covering a powerful uh, build tomorrow. Catch me tomorrow, 8 p.m. And I don't want to time date it because uh, this is for the podcast. So, uh, yeah. Thanks again for tuning in. My name is JF Bay. I'm just here to shine my light your way to help you find your light switch. Peace, love, and more light. Give thanks.